but you still need to look at the camera. You need to have fun. You need to show your ever present and not stuck down your notes. Uh, not do the off camera thing where you're typing off keyboard and you're like, okay, I'm halfway here, but I'm not really here. And I can do this. Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Rich. Rich, thank you so much for being here with us today. Hey, thanks, Michelle. It's great to be here. Excellent. So tell us who you are and a quick introduction to your business. What do you do? Yeah, so Rich Trigger, Bond Trigger. I'll explain the trigger later on, probably. Uh, but I'm a media broadcast expert, 30 years of broadcasting experience. Now I help speakers, leaders, entrepreneurs better rock the stage as I talk about it. It's media skills with your branding to elevate your brand so you stand out from the crowd. So if you want to know about media, communications, I'm the guy. I love it. So how did you get into into broadcasting and teaching people how to broadcast? Well, after 30 years, uh, you know, I started to coach onstage performers. So public speakers, I was in the public speaking realm as well. Um, And it just became a natural outlet let of what I was doing. I, I love the coach. I love to help people people shine. That's one of the things I've learned about myself. I love the people. I love to help to help other people shine on camera or on stage to get the best out of them. And I just found myself, I, I almost enjoy it more than me shining on camera. Sometimes it's fun to see people go from A to B to C to just explode. So I fell in love with the coaching side. Then pandemic came. And of course, everyone had to jump on Zoom or whatever platform they were on. And I went into the camera presentation side of the media of now you're speaking and the camera, it's a new frontier. And most people don't know how to embrace that and do it. And we saw brand conference, sales conference going down. And I said, stop, let me help you because how you show up here, what you do here really makes an impact on everything else you're going to do. I love it. So We'll get into kind of the the ins and outs of how that works and what you do. But who are the majority of your clients right now? Who who floods into you? So I get CEOs, executives, and I also get a lot of entrepreneurs. Now, the funny thing about the entrepreneur space, because of COVID and shutdown and the great resignation that people call it, the entrepreneur space is now full of former CEOs, top executives who are out on their own redoing it all again. So they don't want to be the guy in the office. They want to be the person rolling up their sleeves and getting dirty again, but they want to learn new skills. So it's an interesting world where I'm dealing with beginning entrepreneurs, highly seasoned entrepreneurs, and CEOs on all levels. I love it. I personally think the more people can embrace the idea of speaking and and their presence, that they become much more effective as entrepreneurs. So I am loving this conversation. So let's start back up the bus a little bit with what are some of the biggest mistakes that you're seeing people make when they are approaching kind of zoom meetings or speaking for the first time? Well, number one, eye contact is the biggest thing across the board, whether it's live in person, the hybrid or the virtual stage, like we're doing here today is you have to have eye contact with the camera or with your crowd. The camera is a person. The camera is not just a little gadget or gizmo 
And yeah, the camera is actually a person. And I tell people, it's like going on a date. It's falling in love with somebody. You need to really learn how to look at it, talk to it, present to it. I've been doing it long enough. I don't even know where the camera is. I don't care very often. But you do need to be aware because sometimes you do want to do that reaction shot. You want to do that intense glare in and pull people in. So there's a little bit of acting. But number one, it's going to be eye contact with the people because you want to make it feel like you're having an intimate conversation, even if it's a thousand people. I particularly see it when people are using their phones and innately they want to look at the other person, which happens to be themselves, <laughs> like looking at themselves and, the, and, and they're way off because the camera yeah. is over there. And right. it's like, oh, yeah, oh, because it seems it's so like unnatural a... to, to look at the little well, dot when I want to look at the person talking to. <laughs> well, plus some people invert the video. So it's kind of like, okay, uh, I'm over here. Wait, I'm over here. And it's inverted from what you're used to seeing. So pick the inversion and stick with it forever, but don't keep switching back and forth. It confuses everybody. Believe me. Uh, plus your logo will change on camera too if you invert it the wrong way. Um, the second biggest tip I get people in this space is stand up. It's amazing the emotional shift. And I was just talking to somebody on a call a little while ago. The shift of static energy of sitting in your chair, you're just dead and trying to communicate. We're used to being on stages. We're used to being in the boardroom. We're used to walking around. And your body language is so important to your verbal communication. How you use your hands sitting down is different when you stand up. So I tell everyone of my clients, everyone of my coaches, if you're going to do anything on camera, you stand up and you present and you allow your full body energy to help you show up. And client after client says, that's the biggest game changer, Rich. Looking in the camera and standing up now makes me feel like I'm back on a real stage, even though they're in their home office talking through a camera. I love it. So let me ask you this before we kind of, again, we're going to get into your nuts and bolts of things, but what is your favorite part of business? What do you love doing right now? I believe like Walt Disney believes. In fact, I have a picture here in my office is I love to do the impossible. I love to hear the crazy dreams of entrepreneurs and people. And I, me, myself, I'm a dreamer. Uh, I love taking the ideas that are here and seeing them come to life. Um, I'm visual to the nth degree. So I may have great ideas. I'll scribble down notes. And then I try to bring them alive on camera with videos, with stories, with whatever I can. But the creative process of seeing a dream come fully to life is one of the most funnest, exciting things. And then when I work with clients, they often have a one idea. They have like a one dimensional idea, let's say. My mind, because it thinks like Disney, is I'll listen to your idea and I'll start hearing you say a keyword, hear a phrase. I'll start saying, well, you can do this, you can do this. And their eyes light up like... I didn't know you could do all that. And the creative juices now begin to flow with two people having a discussion about what they want to do with their symposium, their workshop, whatever it is. And now it's a creative experience, not just an educational thing. I love it. So what does it look like when somebody's working with you? How do you start and kind of where do you take them? It's a one-on-one -on -one relationship most of the time. I do do group uh, coaching. I do executive team coaching. But a lot of it is one-on-one -on -one because everyone's got their own body language, their own uh, lexicon of what they're going to say for their favorite words. And so I have to learn who they are, what they are, and also where their brand is deficient. 
So everyone's trying to elevate their brand through all of this. And so the biggest shift right now is you are the brand, not your Twitter account, not your Facebook account. You are the brand, not just a brand spokesman. You are the brand authority. And coaching people on that is a one-on-one experience. Mm -hmm. So they may have an all 30 years, 30 years of experience like I have, but they have no idea how to leverage that 30 experience to show they're a, a breed apart in their industry. Mm-hmm. But when I start coaching one-on-one, I find out what their unique thing, what's their stance, what's their expertise that no one else can touch. And then we start building up their brand authority and then how we do media with that. So that's why it's very one-on-one, and, but it's very collaborative mm-hmm. because they'll start throwing out ideas or they're like, you know, I did this a long time ago and I'll go, you know what? <laughs> that's the best thing you probably have done. Go back and let's do it again. <laughs> so it's a self-discovery of coaching and rebuilding. Nice. I love that. So when somebody's kind of when they're looking at the whole video social media thing, to me, it is a huge shift in mindset because once upon a time it was promote the company, the name of the company, it's got to be, you know, widget plumbing, not Frank's plumbing because you can't sell Frank's plumbing. But now you're asking Frank to go out there and promote himself and say that he's the voice of the company, even though he never shows up in the building. How do you kind of wrap people's head around that? Because Frank's got the expertise. He's built the company. Frank is the one that went from doing everything by himself to learning everything, got all the cuts and bruises to learn how to grow the company. So Brent, Frank is still going to be the guy always. Now we need to leverage it that Frank gets his face on the side of his van. Uh, Frank can do short teaching videos on plumbing and put them on YouTube, put them on his website. So Frank becomes the Walt Disney of his company while everyone else goes does the legwork. It is a huge mental shift. You're, you're absolutely right. People are struggling with the fact of little old me. But the fact is, once they start embracing it, they find their voice, they find their legs, they realize I've got more to offer than just let's go do this little thing and make some money. Now it elevates them to be an expert. Uh, they're coaching in their own little way. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, all of a sudden they have a podcast. All of a sudden they have a book. All of a sudden they have, you know, it grows and grows from there because now they realize they are the reason everything else in their company works. Nice. I love that. So in your experience, is widget plumbing still a sellable commodity, even though Frank's now the, the voice of an, and the face of it? Yes. Because you elevate Frank more and more, the company itself will sell more and more. And then also their employees He's like, hey, Frank's got credibility now in the community. Frank's does, wow, that's amazing. You get to work with Frank? What's Frank really like? And it rolls into this other thing where now Frank sent you in my home. You got to be a really good plumber to be on Frank's team. So all of a sudden, you now have that amplified because you've amplified the guy who really knows it all. And if you have an apprentice situation, think how great that is. Yeah, I'm an apprentice. I'm working with Frank. Well, come on in. My toilet needs fixing now. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and to me, the parallel kind of fits everything because it, it is really coming back to understanding that we are in a world where we need to make connections. Even if we're digital, we still need to make connections. We still need to have that personal touch. And they really want to know kind of who you are and, and and how am I building that trust with you? More than ever, I'll say we need to do it digitally because when you dial it back two and a half years ago now, when you go back to March, when the pandemic began, everyone jumped on camera and said, this is going to be boring. 
there's not going to be personal. I don't get to sit around the coffee cooler and talk to everybody. I don't get to throw a paper airplane over my desk and hit you or something, (laughs) you know. But what we found out was quite the opposite, was we found out we were spending time with less distraction, less noise, higher quality. We're not driving from meeting to meeting. And we found out we got to know each other. We got to see the things in our homes, the things in our office studio. We got to talk to each other. And the relationship side blew through the rough. And people did not see the emotional connection. I I have overseas connections that I never would have had except for the pandemic having. I've got Australia, UK. I've beamed into all these places. And now they know me my name. They, 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 they know what I do. They, they know some of my inside stories and jokes. The relationship side makes the brand authority and makes the business grow before CEOs and executives were told, just be professional. Let's just keep it cool in the office here, everybody. And the rest of you all can go and have drinks and have fun. But no, I don't do that. Now it's, we all know each other. And the other thing I found out, if you're in the executive space, no one cares what your title is anymore. We're on these cubes together. Mm-hmm. And we found out we all have superpowers and specialty. And again, it broke down the relationship is, I don't know if you're a Fortune 500 and I don't know if you're a startup, but I'm hearing some great things in these virtual rooms. It elevated everybody now. And again, it's been fun to see that relationship growth come out of it. Absolutely, it has been. So when you're working with somebody, what are some of the key points that you're looking at in order to be able to elevate their presence on uh, on the stage? <laughs> Number one, you're teachable. Uh, and again, that is a big barrier. Uh, I, I found in a general sense, the higher you up the corporate ladder, the more you have a opinion of yourself that may not be right or wrong. Um, and sometimes I have to bring them back down to you have achieved great success in your industry. Mm-hmm. It does not translate over to the microphone in the camera. This is a different thing. Um, one of the big challenges was let's run board meetings the way we ran them forever for two hours long. And everyone goes on the table and everyone talks and the CEO or whatever critiques everybody. Okay. No one liked it to begin with. <laughs> okay, let's, let's just get let's that be honest about it, right but they had to come to the boardroom right. now you're doing it virtually well now they have their tablet they have their dog they have the kids running through the house no one cared about it even more than so you have to learn new skills you can still have great board meetings you can elevate your team virtually i've, I've seen it it's been amazing but you have to shift on how you do it and that's some of the stuff i coach from don't do a two-hour blast mm-hmm You're not going anywhere. You're just killing your time. Do it in episodic version, shorter versions, and build up team momentum. And I coach a lot of that on brand new techniques to keep your business and your structure going strong. Nice. I love it. So is this kind of more of a kind of a scrum approach of here's the team that's working on this. Let's, you know, hash it out right now and get it over with. Anybody wants to join us can. Is it that kind of an atmosphere or... Yes, you can do the kickoff from the CEO and say, okay, here's the three points we're going to focus on here today. Here's do this. Now, I want A, B, and C to go in breakout room over here for the next 30 minutes and focus on this aspect. And you go to the sub breakout thing and you bring them back together after a while and you have them share what they're doing. Well, you got the digital whiteboard. So now you're digital whiteboarding. Well, then, then you have someone that goes, hey, I found a YouTube video that speaks about this. You quickly share it. You have this massive collaborative thing, and then you can mix it up again. All right, let's go on the topic two now. You change the arrangement of the rooms, and you have different people with different ideas. 
it, it's really a brand new adventure in running your business and your corporation, but you're not limited by space, by office cubicles. You don't have to go down to someone else's desk because they forgot something. It's yeah. right there in front of you. And that's where corporations that got it and still are getting it have found a whole new elevation of pro productivity. Right. And how much more fun is that? Because I mean, even in our meetings, everybody's popping YouTube links and stuff and like, hey, have you checked this out? Have you done this? And yeah. and it's so instant. Whereas if we had our computers up in a boardroom, we <laughs> like, wow, you guys don't ever talk to each other, do you? And it's like, yeah, we right. do. Actually, right. we're doing awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you all have your panels up and you're like, it's right. Hey. You got something over there yet? Uh, and, you know, but now this has become a whole new way of communication brainstorming creativeness and again no one saw that coming but it really has clear and plus now you're global right so let's say you had your team in taiwan and you wanted to do something with them well yeah you might get three or four people on a mini screen wrapped around together but now you can get 25 30 people and you can brainstorm and do the same breakouts with taiwan and you in real time right that's a radical concept for where we were two years ago <laughs> I love it. And it, even two years ago, it was kind of funny because I I did most of my business online for years, stuff that people said had to be done in person. I'm like, no, <laughs> I have clients all over the stage. I can, you know, I don't care where you live. I, we can do this online. And they're like, really, I really want to get in touch with you personally. I'm like, why? <laughs> I don't understand. Why do you want the stress of driving through the city, of finding a parking spot, of having to pay for said parking spot for what you hope might be the right amount to? Like, there's just so many things that are just. I was coaching someone today on that very fact. I say, Rich, you know what? Mm -hmm. I used to do an hour and a half, go to a BNI meeting or go to some, some meeting, go sit there for an hour. And sometimes I got nothing. And I had that hour and a half drive going back to the office. I'm out of the office for almost four hours. You know what I can do with four hours of virtual time in meetings? <laughs> right. And it's like, why would I ever want to go back out and go do that again? And you're right. It, 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 we are rewiring not just ourselves, but the whole way that work and industry is being done. In fact, some companies now um, have created their own studios. I've coached with people that said, you know what, we're getting to the point now we're actually going to build our own media studio. I'm like, bingo, you're, you're, you're going where we need to go. They're hiring literally, instead of a chief community officer for communication, they're literally hiring a media communication expert now. Nice. The game is changing every day now. Nice. I love that. So talk to me about personal dynamics, uh, because I know a lot of people, especially if they're typically introverted or they're super analytical, they're really smart. They're like, oh, I don't want people looking at me. I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> so how do you get them to kind of bring some personality to the camera so that they're engaging in a way that's, you know, that makes sense for the people that are watching? So one of the ways that I do that is, A, I let them know you don't have to become an extrovert and that really gregarious person. You don't. What you need to do is get comfortable with the fact as you are that logical person in the room and you may present differently. That's fine. But you still need to look at the camera. You need to have fun. You need to show you're ever present and not stuck down your notes. Uh, not do the off camera thing where you're typing off keyboard and you're like, okay, I'm halfway here, but I'm not really here. And I can do this. You, you, you need to at least get comfortable with it. The more and more of the people that I've worked with in that area have found I have a space in the office. I have an expertise I can bring you. 
So let me do my spiel. Let me bring out the whiteboard, the org chart, whatever I'm going to do. Sometimes I'll do a share screen so they can cover up their face and you have a little tiny cube and they're happy doing that. So you have to help them learn the tools that help them get comfortable so they can bring the information that they are the rock star to bring. Nice. I love that. And there are so many more tools available today than there were even two years ago to be able to help them to do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've, you've, you've got integrated things. Um, I, I, I recently now, for some of the interviews I do, I intentionally have a clock timer built into my interview. Now, I don't show them that, but I know exactly how long of a segment I have for that interview. Business meetings, you can do the same thing. There's so many ways now that you can succeed and give people good success as well. Nice. Loving all of this. So give us an example of a Cinderella story of one of your clients. Cinderella story of one of my clients. So I work with a uh, agency. Uh, they were an insurance company. Uh, the CEO reached out and said, I want you to do one of those group sessions. Um, he said, we're going to have about 25 people virtually all over the country. And they are the heads to the next layer. Then actually get on the calls and work with the clients. So it's the trainers to the presenters. Um, he said, I've got two people, one particular that during the pandemic would not turn on the camera, would not dress appropriately. Uh, and he said, this guy's just tanking consumer confidence. Yeah, I see. See, see you're laughing already. And so the idea was that as, as the CEO coached, it was get on like you're really having a virtual coffee like you used to do. You, you take out the client, talk about insurance, do this and that. Do the same thing virtually. And this guy was like, no way. Uh-uh. So we do the whole coaching session. I have this talk called the five keys of rock on the virtual stage. We get done with it. We do some Q&A. And then I sent him in the breakout rooms. Now, I demonstrated in this five breakout rooms. And we named them after the Magic Kingdom, the different kingdoms of Disney Magic Kingdom. So I also had them early on as a warm-up exercise. I had them all write down and change their name to your favorite superhero or Disney character, okay? So you had Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, you had Belle, you had, you had all, and again, these are insurance agents, guys, that like you said, are a little bit more by the numbers, but they're, they're all playing along. And so we went to the Magic Kingdom, I would say, okay, we're going to Animal Planet. Who's representing Animal Planet? They come on up and I would see Donald Duck. All right, Donald Duck, what do you got for me? And again, they're smiling, they're laughing while they're sharing and the breakouts were built on what did you learn after Rich's presentation? And they all came away. Well, the one particular group, when I called his, he came on camera and he said, hi, my name's blank. I've never turned on my camera. I wear this hoodie every day. I'm in my basement and my dog's right over there. And he said, you completely nailed me. And he said it in front of everybody, I'm going to get the virtual backdrop. I'm going to get a green screen. I'm going to have the company logo. I'm going to put my blazer back on with the company logo on it. And I'm going to show up and I'm going to do everything you said, because you're right. Consumer confidence is dropping. My sales are dropping. Corporate sales are dropping. And I need to make money for me and my family. So if I'm going to do this, I have to learn how to do it. Literally, the CEO after the call said, I've got five pages of note, Rich, of what I saw you do. But the biggest reward was, he came on camera and he's now ready to own it. I never thought this guy would ever jump on board. That's a pretty that. good fun story. <laughs> right? As I'm having my coughing spit and then you're making me laugh even harder. So <laughs> I'm losing my throat here. That was awesome. 
So what are some of the stumbling blocks other than not putting their cameras on and and kind of having this fear of the camera? What are some of the big stumbling blocks that somebody might be having and thinking, oh my God, Rich, I need you so badly? Well, um, your body language, your, your hand, you're now on TV. By the way, this is TV. This is not just a streaming video, whatever you call it. You're on TV. So on TV, you have to learn how to do shorter actions on camera. I can still use my hands. I can be expressive. But going off camera does nothing for your communication skills, okay? That just doesn't work. And people are... So I talk about passive, too much energy or the right energy. You can be like the, you drive down the road and you see the car lot and he's got the balloon guy that's flapping everywhere. I've seen that all over different presentations. You just way too much energy and you're not, you're not bringing it in. Or you can be the person who just sits there and goes, hi, Michelle. I'm so thrilled to be with you today. And that's not what you want either. What you want to do is have that natural presentation, but you want to use their physicality. So I came up with this thing called chicken wings. On camera, you want to bring, yeah, you, you want to bring in your arms and you talk more sideways or a little side to side, but you do not want to go up and smack the camera because that's offensive. You don't want to lean into the camera because no one wants you in their face. There's an emotional boundary line. But when I start talking about chicken wings, literally they, they do what you did, Michelle. Everyone starts doing chicken wings. And they start practicing because they realize I have no idea what to do with my hands on camera. But it's a part of your communication. If you see people and study people back in the workplace, they lean on the wall, they grab a cup of coffee, they're doing something, but they're using your hand to communicate. That's part of what you need to learn here now that you can do the same thing, but it's a different way of doing it. Nice. I love that. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How do they start their journey with you? So the best way is contact me, rich at richbontrager.net uh, or go to rocktostagemedia.com and you'll learn about my services and what we do and my live show and so much more. Nice. Love it. So at what point in life did you know that you're a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? <laughs> Great question. Um, I never did. Never. Um, no. Uh, I, one of the secrets that people hear about and learn about is I have overcome a lifelong stutter to become a professional broadcaster that coaches people how to speak better. Wow. And so in that early development of my life, I was told you'd never be this, never be that. Uh, even my college professor of broadcasting said, you have a great voice. No one's going to ever hire you because you stutter and you can't read the news, which is very true. I don't like doing other people's scripts and the teleprompter. I'm an ad libber. Uh, I'm a storyteller. When I figured out sports work and ad libbing, which I love sports, when I got into the sports media, it blew up. Nice. So then entrepreneurs started to come in and said, okay, I'm a creative mind. I, I, I am a Disney. So how can I start creating this stuff? And then I figured out my voice is okay now. Now I can go do it. But that wasn't until my early 20s that I first realized I could become a dreamer, entrepreneur, and really do something professionally big. I love it. So in your entrepreneurial journey, give us an example of um, maybe a mistake you made that you can now laugh at or something that was embarrassing, but you think it's pretty funny now. Um, I am a risk taker by nature. Uh, so... Uh, I also come out of church ministry. So we planted a church and one of the first things that we did, yeah, that's a big entrepreneurship. Let me uh, start with me, my family, and one other person. And we grew it rather large. It was great. Um, 
But during that time, I also learned that I am not the financial budget man, okay? Uh, and as an entrepreneur, you would like to think you're good at everything. Um, and so after a while, the books were not quite where they needed to be. Uh, and so I literally had to stop and realize I have to hand the ball off. And that's really hard for a dreamer, for an entrepreneur, because we think we have to do everything. Mm-hmm. And instead, it's quite the opposite. You need to be in your sweet spot, be in your lane. And so when I figured that out and I got someone to do those books and handle that, they got cleaned up, they got better. And I was able to stay in my lane of creativeness and coaching and nurturing, which is what I, what I was supposed to be doing anyways. And I've kept that always there in every endeavor I've ever gotten involved with. I really am the mouthpiece, the brand voice. I am <laughs> that personality now that you hire to come on and be the MC for your events. I'm not going to be doing all the other stuff, though. This is what I do for you, for me, and this is the best version of me. It was really liber- really liberating to do that and also scary because I thought I had to do it the other way. Right. Well, and then you start doing things like double double entries and you're like, uh no, that's what I was doing. Double double entry. <laughs> Sounds like a coffee, but hey. <laughs> so I openly admit money books is not my thing, uh, but I can help you other ways. <laughs> that's awesome. Rich, you've been fabulous. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it immensely and I know how valuable it is. Well, Michelle, thanks for having me here today. It's been great. And again, happy to serve you and your community. Awesome. So any last words for our peeps? You know, the one thing I tell people is that the virtual stage is ever expanding and it's never going away. If your business needs to grow and expand, I highly recommend getting a coach because again, I've got 30 years in the media. You don't know what you don't know. Rather than having a bunch of mistakes and a lot of setbacks and wasting a lot of money, I really encourage you to expand, grow with this, but get help doing it. There's nothing worse than fumbling around with cameras and cables and cords and microphones and realizing, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) And stop (laughs) practicing what doesn't work. (laughs) You will regret to correct that habit later. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks again, Rich. Thank you. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and join our Facebook group, Business Ownership Secrets to Scaling. I love helping you grow your business and connecting with you. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.